Welcome to the Aussie Bloggers Podcasts, brought to you by Tan and Amanda. Tan's from Write Your Cancer, and Amanda's from My Office Books, and you can find them both at Blogger Support for All. Join them as they talk about blogging, and as they speak to a variety of Aussie bloggers who share their own stories, secrets, and successes about the world of blogging. And now, here's Tan and Amanda. I'm Amanda and today we are interviewing Linda Reed from Media Connections. Hi Linda. Hi girls, how are you? We're very well, thank you, in sunny Brisbane. Uh, I know. Linda, can, Linda, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started? <laughs> how I got started? Uh, that's a long story. <laughs> that's okay, we've got time. <laughs> I'm a PR and marketing coach. By trade, by trade, I've done 15 years in, in PR and marketing. Uh, there is a couple of extra years that we add on to that, but until the girls write 20, I'm not acknowledging any more of those. <laughs> um, how I started is uh, I ended up in a call centre when I was 19, offered a call centre job to pay my way through my teaching degree, and that's how I started in the industry. Uh, spent, uh, worked my way up the ladder pretty quickly, had a boss who turned around and said to me, are you sure you really want to do teaching? Uh, and I participated in the degree for another four years and then took a look at my pay salary being a first-year teacher versus what I was already earning part-time and went, I think I'm staying here. <laughs> so that's how, that's how I got into the industry. That's how things moved forward for me. And um, I had a mic drop there. Apologies, ladies. Um, and, yeah, that's how I got started. Blogging-wise, I got started maybe um, well when we launched Family Capers back in 2009. And there was a requirement for me to actually do a little bit of writing myself and some interviews. And then last year I committed to actually putting the blog into my into my world and in, into my own blog and, and website. So uh, I'm still not the best at doing it. I'm really, really good at telling my clients to blog regularly. <laughs> However, biggest plumber with a leaky tap sitting over here. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Linda, I just want to touch on that point where you mentioned about that you never really got a traditional job per se, that you yep. were an entrepreneur right from the very beginning. Do you want to tell us briefly yeah, but, how that came about being? Um, I was pretty lucky. Most of my work was a consultant from day one. Um, I, when I joined Harry's team, he was one of these guys that you know hired you under an ABN and you, you worked for, for the business as a business owner, not anything else. Um, by the time I was 20, I was sought after in the industry because I had this knack to see things and I could see what would work, what wouldn't work, where the business needed to grow, where the numbers needed to change, you know, and I talked to the staff and because I was young, people would spill their guts to me. They'd tell me what was going on and I'd be like, okay, cool, let's work this out. Um, so yeah, I, then I joined companies like, um, Optus as a consultant, um, RSLcom as a consultant and Drake all as a consultant on, on the outside joining their teams to help work and look at solutions for what they do. So yeah, I've never had a traditional job. People say to me, are you a PR consultant? My most probably best description is I'm a troubleshooter. I, I look at the issues and how do we take it to market and how do we do something? And yes, I'm picky. I like the brands to look the same, the colors to look the same. <laughs> all of those things to fit in rather nicely into my nice little brand box. Um, but then I'm also the point of you've got to get it out there. It's got to go out. You can't have everything be perfect either. So, yes, if it looks right and if we have to make changes to text and copy afterwards, then then do so as long as it's not in print. But, you know, 
when I, best advice I can give anyone for blogging, and that's why I say to most of my clients, is do it. Don't sit on it. Don't sit on the idea. Don't sit on the no one's going to read it. If you don't do it, no one can read it. Hmm. Something um, that you do seem to do really well amongst everything else is using topics that resonate with your audience. Yep. So h- how does that come about? Or how did that come about? Keeping it real is most probably the, the biggest thing. Um, I am a mum in business, but I was a business owner before I was a mum. <laughs> so I've never take it, adjusted very well to the mumpreneur tag. <laughs> I've, I'm quite happy to be a business owner. I'm quite happy to be a corporate woman. You know, I say to my darling husband, you knew what you were getting when you married me. You weren't getting the domestic wife. You were getting the mum who's like to teach her, her daughter that sushi is a really good food. Going out for dinner is a really good thing. <laughs> Staying at home domestic was never going to be me. I mean, Charlotte was nine months old when we launched Family Capers, so <laughs> the project manager went me went on maternity leave and they went, bored. what can I do now? <laughs> so, so, so we went planning and all of those sorts of things. And people say to me, um, you know, what is it that it, I keep it real? It's whatever my audience are discussing. It's, I, I mean, Amanda, you know, you're a member of business, business, business for crying out. That was a case of I was overseeing Facebook bullying happening in other groups I said, okay, let's make a group and have my my, my 50 contacts hang out over here and we'll refer work between each other. And now it'll hit 7,000 members sometime in the next week Um, from from being positive, keeping it real, not attacking each other, you know, that that sort of thing. So that's been my philosophy all along. But I tend to write about what's happening in the world, not anything else. (laughs) (laughs) So what's actually going on? uh, Sorry, Linda. the post we just put up in BBB this morning was around um, saying no. I'm saying no to work for the first time in years instead of flexing. Normally right now we'd be going, where could we squeeze that in? Have we got an hour that we could do that? I've turned around and said, no, nah, that's it. We are fully booked. I put it up on the Media Connections Facebook page last night and said, that's it. The writing team are fully booked. They're going to get a break. I'm not going to be sitting there on Christmas Eve trying to get the last couple of releases out. We are on leave as of when the kids finish on Thursday. That's it. We're out. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Linda, you, um, you talked about um, saying no to people. Yep. There are a lot of people and bloggers uh, who, who like to actually please others, so we call them people pleasers. How yes. do you actually say no I nicely so used, that you don't... used to be one of those. <laughs> <laughs> how, do, how do you say no nicely so that you don't lose clients, you don't lose followers, you don't lose... What you have to remember in this circumstance is when you're a boss or you're working for a company or an organisation, saying no is part of the package. Hmm. Absolutely no different in your own business. So sometimes you need to step out of being the business owner, God, go, how am I going to pay the next bill, to... No, I'm worth my money. This is what I charge. This is the notice period you need to give us. This is what we need to do, etc. And actually put those foundations into place. Lucky I'm married to a business coach. Um, so I sit here and I say to him, you know, I'm doing this. He's going, so reflect back on. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but even with family capers, I didn't get to launch that business back in 2009 just on a whim. I had to put a 10-page case study together to him as to why that was going to work. 
Um, same thing with media connections and, you know, the PR agency, I'm pretty sure he just wanted me to open the door so I could actually build some reasonable money <laughs> for a while. <laughs> uh, so that's really where we, we sit in there. How do you say no nicely? I just, it's not a matter of saying no in, that saying no is a bad thing. I actually have half a blog post written on this topic that I'm pretty keen on, on getting out. Um, it's about saying no for the, for the right thing for the business and the client. There is no point in taking on work or a blog post or anything if you can't deliver on it or it's going to be substandard or it's not going to be good enough in what you want to do. So saying no is never a bad thing. It's actually most probably a good thing. Those clients who drop off because you say no were never your client in the first place. I was just going another thing. You know how where you mentioned we were talking about your points and you were saying yep. how as a blogger you might feel that you're not good enough or yep. people actually read what I write. What would you advise a blogger if that's how they're feeling at the moment and that's what's their roadblock from having a blog? Okay, stop. Don't even think about that. <laughs> and one of the things I've most probably seen in the last six months is I've joined more blogging groups and I see people go through this all the time. My stats aren't good enough. This isn't good enough. From a PR's perspective, I don't care what your stats are. I care how engaged your audience is and are they my audience that I want to put that client in front of. So if you've got 10 people reading your blog that will actually buy something because you said so, that is much better to me than 100 people and one out of that 100, pe 100 people will, will read it and buy something. So from my point of view, it's about the quality of the audience you gather. Um, the I'm not good enough thing, it's, it's a tough one. It still sits within my world every now and again that you're going, yeah, am I actually doing this right? You know, mummy guilt's a great one for that. <laughs> uh, you know, am I doing this right? Am I have I got the balance right? All of those sorts of things. It's about doing what, what's right for you and actually stop thinking. I know that's easier said than done, but just write. Just have the notebook. Write down the ideas. Um, some of the blog posts that will come out from me this year were ideas that I had last year and they've just been sitting there for a little while. Um, and and not coming not coming to fruition because it wasn't the right time to write them either. So um, you, you know, if it, I was saying last year it's okay to say no, but yeah, it is. It's more than okay to say no, and that relates to family as well as business, as well as sponsors and all of those sorts of things. One thing I've learnt is sponsors will push and try and run for the most mileage that they can get. <laughs> Yes. So, Linda, in terms of when you're talking about uh, the ideas you have and the actual writing and you say yep. just get in and start writing, do you have a process that you follow? Do you put thoughts down? Some some people have like a sticky note. Is wine considered a process? <laughs> Sorry? Is a glass of wine considered a process? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that process. <laughs> um, look, most of my writing happens um, I'm either on the train on the way to Melbourne to do something, it'll happen in the, the stages where I actually, when I stop thinking about the business or I stop thinking about forcing a, a blog post out or something like that. Most of my writing will happen in those areas, but quite often I will just take off to the local coffee shop and go, right, I'm basing myself from here this, this afternoon and that's it. Um, and I don't have Wi-Fi access. I don't have anything like that. So I'm just there to write. Um, I could, but I don't want to have Wi-Fi access. <laughs> so the whole thing is, is I isolate myself in a bit of a, a writing world. Back to the old school techniques of not letting Facebook interrupt every five minutes of your day. Um, so turning things off and allowing yourself to shut shut off. Do I have a writing style? Mm, different for different clients, we have different preferred ways of writing a blog post. 
But it's very similar to a media release. It's about grabbing the reader's attention without looking like you clickbait. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's about grabbing the reader's attention without why should you read me? Why, you know, you've got a cup of coffee in your hand. You've got five minutes of time. Why should you click on this blog post and read it over every other one that you're seeing in a news feed? But your audience, if you be you, will relate to you. It's when you do not being you that it makes it twice as hard to get people to read what you write because they're saying it's forced. Mm. Um, Linda, you're involved in a lot of uh, different areas, different websites. You've got, you know, your uh, family capers, media connections uh, and others. Is there one that's more popular than the other or one that seems to gain more traction, more engagement? Than anyone else, and why would Family Capers is most probably the most popular, but it's been around the longest. Mm-hmm. Um, media Connections is different. It's about connecting journalists and media outlets with story opportunities. So it's a very niche audience mm-hmm. that come to that site. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it's great that, you know, I was saying to someone yesterday, I'm at the school, Charlotte School Disco and helping supervise that, that situation, and I had sales popping in as that happens. And it's nice to be third year in and it's known and people are starting to recommend the sign. It starts to work. Family Capers, from that point of view, it, you know, there's a team there working there now. They're publishing three or four new articles a day with, within that site. So, yes, it's there, but it, it's longevity in that one. It's been around. You know, we ran Sanders Helpers competitions for the sixth time this November. So, mm-hmm. and put over, I think they said 80 prizes out under Christmas trees for this year. So, okay. It's about time and it's about working with people and being consistent about it. Yeah. You said that you've got three or four writers now that actually you've got a team there working with Family Capers. So oh, we have a team that, that work for the content management side of things. Mm-hmm. So Family Capers is still very much a contributed-based site, so people contribute their, inf- their articles to Family Capers. Um, Writers-wise, in, inside the media connections and, and team, we, we do writing work for clients. Mm-hmm. So for obviously for you to have uh, people, uh, a team there, there must be some profitability somewhere along the line for yeah. you to. <laughs> I'm a Scorpio. I like my money, ladies. Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, profitability, and, and this would be something I say to most business owners, profitability in that first three years is, is tough. Um, that first three years, what you make tends to go back in. Um Fortunately, from my point of view, being a consultant, working in other businesses, looking at numbers, profit and loss statements, I knew that was going to be the case. So I knew, and even when we launched Family Capers, I had money aside. Now, I've learned a lot since we launched that site. I learned a lot about coding, a lot about web development, a lot about knowing what you ask a web developer to do for you. And then when they say no, actually going and finding out, Ages and people say to me now, oh, why won't you move from you? Why do you just continually recommend your web guys? Because it took me six years to find them. It took me six years to find good web guys who do what I ask when, when I ask. And, you know, I keep saying they might cost that little bit extra, but they know what they're doing. Um, when we launched Media Connections, we'd have rushes at 3 p.m. when the journos all came and looked at the, the sites because they got their email alert. And I had hosting providers and I tried three that couldn't keep the site up. When that rush came in, it would wow. it would crash time after time. And then I rang Gary out of desperation one day because someone said, oh, hey, give Gary a call. And Gary goes, yeah, I'll keep you up. Not a problem. And he did ever, ever since we've been up, ever since he had the site. So that's been a year and a half now. And they're great. But it's, it's, making, it's having those questions and asking those questions 
Mm-hmm. Um, do-it-yourself is great, but sometimes you need a bit of a back, back support. And that's most probably what I'd say the guys did listen to me when I started talking to them. I'm like, there's heaps of bloggers out there that need some support. So they actually created a program called WP Butler where they can come in and give you a piece of support on your DIY site and then step out again. Excellent. Look, in conclusion, Linda, and I really appreciate your time because I know how busy you are, particularly this time of the year. Um, I know. Someone trying to catch me yesterday was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So in conclusion, with a lot of bloggers, they get the statistics say after three months they lose heart and they stop blogging. What would you say to a blogger about if a business takes three years, a blog would take... It's going to take 12, 12 months to build your audience. So just, you've got to keep going. Three months, you've only just started. You've only just started. You've got to give them time to get out there and get to know you. I'll still go places and people will say, we don't know family capers. I'm going, well, there's 15,000 families a month visiting us. (laughs) (laughs) Why haven't you heard? (laughs) And I'll still go back and go, so what are we doing wrong if they haven't heard? And then I've got to realize that they're not our audience. And I just step back and go, no, those people aren't our audience. That's fine. We walk away. That's great. Um, find your audience. But at three months, you've only just started. You know, you'll be discovering who you are, what your story is, who your audience is, how you like to write, how you want to write. It's, it's starting time, hunt. It's not, it's not, it's just like a job. You know, you've, you've just started. You're still learning your feet. So keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, and just very quickly, what's happening for you in 2016? Uh, 2016 is pretty exciting. Um, the business, business, business community will actually form outside of Facebook somewhere. Um, that's hopefully very early on next year. Uh, I'm in the stage that hopefully, fingers crossed, in January I get time to pre-record some courses and some information. Uh, and then I'm yeah, start on the the 2017 version of the PR companion in, in March, which is ridiculous to think that I start that far ahead. Yep, yep. Well, in, look, we thank you again. If you can at the later on, flick us what you're up to so we can keep yep. our listeners and as we go through 2016, up to date with what you're up to. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and Tan? Yeah, thank you so much, Linda. It's been such a pleasure and we really appreciate your time and we hope that everything goes really well for you in 2016 and uh, you keep growing. So thanks very much, Linda. Thanks, ladies. Bye. (laughs) We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Aussie Bloggers Podcast. If you would like to become a part of the Aussie Bloggers Podcast family and suggest a featured Aussie blogger or just to say g'day, Visit Tan and Amanda at aussiebloggerspodcast.com or at bloggersupportforall.com. If you'd like to leave a review, they would love that too. Keep an ear out for the next Aussie Bloggers podcast coming your way soon.